Good morning in California. Good afternoon in New York. This is Oria. You are on Being with Oria. And I'm excited about today. 9-11. It's an exciting day to do this. It's a meaningful day to be in communication with you, in service, in support, in love. Uh, I want to start with telling you something personal. I grew up with a lot of faith in my life. I've always had faith. I may have lost it for a decade or so between the age of uh, 16 and 26, but for the majority of my life, I've had an inner knowing, the experience of higher power. higher intelligence and what I mean by higher I just mean something that I know deep inside that is greater than me something my awareness of the fact that I don't wake myself up every morning life wakes me up the intelligence of life itself is running this world is operating this reality and I am merely a gift a an expression of life itself So I've always had conversations with life. You may call it God, you may call it a higher mind, you may experience it as whatever is beyond yourself. And growing up in a religious environment, there was this sense of right or wrong. And most of spirituality for us growing up And the Jewish religion was ultimately to be right, to do the right things. Because not being right ultimately meant punishment. And the spirituality right now, the spirituality that's dominating the world, is the spirituality that's causing war and chaos out there. Uh, today's 9-11, we all know what that is. Uh, last night, Obama told us that we are going further into military action, and we're about to do it again. We are going to go and take care of terrorists. We're going to eliminate our brothers who are lost. We're going to go after people who feel so alienated and so hurt. That they make it their life's cause, their life's mission to really express themselves by hurting others or causing chaos. But it ultimately comes from this deep yearning, from this deep place that they want to be expressed. They want to fight for their rights. So... I want to talk about spirituality for peace instead of spirituality for war and spirituality for alienation and spirituality for the sake of being right. Spirituality for peace. I want to give the phone number for the show so you can call any time with questions, comments, and expressions. 877-480-4120. 877-480-4120. In my conversations with God, I would usually feel most intensely about it when I needed something, when times were rough, when times were tough. When, when I was a kid, it could have been about passing a test. When I was older, it was about not getting fired uh, for doing something. And I still find myself in those situations where I tune in, and it's almost like uh, I'm making a deal. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling life, telling God, whoa, 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 prove yourself to me again. Show the miraculous ways of your unfolding. Support me once again in whatever I need, and I will do something, be good, be better. I grew up doing it, so I still find myself having that negotiation. But in the past five years or so, maybe even longer, 
I have this feeling that every time I come into this place of negotiation where I say, okay, okay, I need your help again. I need you to take care of this situation where rationally I'm about to lose something. Rationally, I'm about to experience, I may experience something negative. So if you come and help me, come towards my way, show me a miracle or two, I will. Now, in the past, when I was a kid, it may have been not sneak in non-kosher candy or you know, not uh, keep the Shabbat, the Sabbath, a little better. But in my adult life, I find myself saying, show yourself to me, help me, and I will spread your word. And that's interesting that I've been saying that for the past five years or so, in deep from the depth of my soul, I would really say, I will spread your word. I will tell people about you. And I'm not a religious person, meaning I don't practice Judaism. I don't, I don't subscribe to any specific set of beliefs or ideas, any routines that would promote any specific belief system. But I would still say it. I would still say, I will spread your word. So as I thought of that this morning saying okay I have this live podcast today what have I been talking about what is this word that I want to spread and of course it came to me that it's love it's a timeless message of love being in our heart going from I consciousness to we consciousness so here I am being love, spreading the word of love, and being excited that the world is not just ready, but is fully, fully participating in this change process. Last week, last week, I was definitely nervous during the show. I was wondering what I'm going to talk about. I felt stuck. Last week, I felt insecure. Today, I feel grateful. Right now, I feel grateful to be here. The mission, the mission of spreading love, the mission of sharing love, is much greater and bigger than my fears. The vision of heart, the vision of love, is much greater than my insecurities. And for that, and for that, I say thanks. I know. I know why I'm doing this. I know why you're listening. You know what you're looking for. You know what it is that you want to be reminded about. I have a few amazing guests today. We have a Edmund, that has returned, <laughs> and someone wonderful and beautiful who just walked into the studio. She's going to introduce herself soon. But today I want to talk about spirituality for peace. What is spirituality? Mm. What it means to you? And what are your feelings and thoughts about this concept that Spirituality is ultimately, ultimately a way, a way back home to the heart. Spirituality is ultimately for peace. Because if it's not for peace, it's not spirituality. If it's not for peace, it's causing wars out there. And people, people look for spirituality. People you know, feel that they are spiritual and they may have a spiritual practice. But today on 9-11... I really want to make this distinction, this invitation. Is it for peace and how? What came up <clears throat> when you said that is just the simplicity of not, no, no more us and them. It's just no more us and them, no more, op no, no more opposition of sides. And we can even take it to a less extreme example in our politics. You know, there's always the, well, if I'm Republican, then I automatically have to oppose that which is Democrat. 
If I'm Democrat, I automatically oppose that which is Republican. And both sides are screwed. Even all the good ideas on either side, just, there's so much energy spent in the conflict of that duality. And it's the same thing, I think, you know, your words, the way they sank into me about spirituality for peace and we think about what's going on in the Middle East and, you know, it's really, it's just anyone who is spiritual is suffering for both sides, for the humanity and the innocence that is being decimated and destroyed and um, I think I think that inherent knowing is in what you would call people that were spiritual, you know, such as yourself. And um, that's really what, what I. What do you mean by spiritual? <coughs> that, that's yeah, it's 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 a it's a touchy word. Somebody. Maybe we should get rid of that word. Well, maybe okay. we should call it, just call it. Let's just call it being human. <laughs> being human. Let's okay. be human. Uh, so. How would you tell you know? How would you describe spirituality if you had to? Because it's a word right now that is out there. It's a tough one, right? Um, well, saying being human, it's just like I think it's I think it's dealing. It's it's a it's a kind of willingness to deal in plain realities. A willingness to deal in plain realities. Like what are the plain realities of what's going on in Gaza? The plain realities, you know. A people are suffering. You know, and with A, B is how do we reduce that suffering? You know, plain realities. So spirituality for you is going from I to we? Is that what Absol- you're saying? Well, absolutely. I think that's a, that's a really good point. And it's also, ex- it's, it's, creating, it's creating environments that the we can be experienced, not just some kind of idea or dogma like, oh, you know, if you're just the I, then you better be the we. You know, it can kind of set up its own duality there, too. But we have to create those situations and those scenarios where we can happen. So spirituality for you is more of an invitation, a container, a process, a reminder of which we go from the I to we. It is, and yet it's, as much as it's compartmentalized like that, it's so organic. It's so effortless. It is, it is us at essence, doing, not trying to make something, not trying to create something that isn't there. It's just there. And if we just, like, you know, the sculptor says, it's not, I'm not making a sculpture, a a sculpture, I'm just cutting away the parts that are not the sculpture. Yeah, I'd like to, in the next segment, I'd like to continue exploring what is spirituality. Uh, For me, spirituality is my relationship to the unknown it's my relationship to spirit it's my relationship to everything that's unfolding that i'm not aware of my relationship to to everything that's beyond my rational mind that's spirituality for me that describes the the experience or the invitation it's a relationship between the the part of us that believes that we are individual to mm-hmm. the part of us that knows that we are a collective. Mm-hmm. And next segment, we'll invite Ariana to Yay. answer that question. <laughs> She'll uh, give us all the answers. Yeah. <laughs> I have a quote already. <laughs> you have a quote? Maybe you can, uh, you know. It's always good to have a goddess on the panel. Send us off with a quote <laughs> before we take the break. Uh, well, it's funny. I, I had been thinking about not knowing what this uh, exactly what I would be speaking about, but I had this sense of what it would be. So I pulled this quote up from Anais Nin, um, and she says, All of my creation is an effort to weave a web of connection with the world. I am always weaving it because it was once broken.
Uh, so we're back talking about spirituality, peace, 9-11, consciousness, you know, just being ourselves live, encouraging you to feel into the reality where you can just be you, where love is your language, where presence is your greatest gift, where your availability is the value you provide. And with that, I'd like to introduce you to Ariana, and please say hi. Tell hi. us. Hi. I, I will say, I will say that you're here right now on the show, because when we met, I don't know when, three days ago, mm -hmm. I asked you what it is that you do, and whatever your answer was, you know, I wanted the rest of the world to hear you. Mm -hmm. So... Go well, right ahead. Yeah, I would say, so I remember that moment so specifically too, and it's much less the answer of what I do for my job and much more exactly what you said, what I feel like I am to the world, which on a daily basis is striving to really see and take people in and help them see themselves um, in ways that I think are so easy to forget. And to appreciate each human being for who they are uniquely. It's that unique aspect that's so thrilling and exciting to me and really um, just drives me in my daily interactions with people. And, and there's so much around us that I think makes us not want to be unique or feel strange being unique. And I love, love bringing that out in people. And that's exactly, yeah, it's, it makes me happy, makes my heart jump and sing knowing that in this life right now there are people like you like Edmund like myself that you know we really see our gift our value our role as providing space and inviting people to be themselves because in this journey of spirituality for peace in this journey of harmonious life where it's self-sustaining and we respect one another and war has become a thing of the past war has become you know it's just something history, we, history which real history <clears throat> it takes it does start in the individual level and that's the part that people get confused about or we get lost with and uh, i just want to actually acknowledge you for what you shared and 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 I use the word acknowledgement to describe what you do. And um, I think it's actually, I've found it's a way that does create that web, that web of weeness, when you are able to see the essence of that person and tell it, to, tell it back to them. And, and it's, it's like, I, I, sometimes I have what I'll call a David Blaine moment. If you've ever watched David Blaine do magic and you see the look on someone's face when they realize that they have no freaking clue what just happened... But when you acknowledge someone, you can, it's like you elicit a similar response. It's like, oh my God, I'm really being seen for who I am. And, and it, it, it goes back to the very first statement you made about, about um, the people who are suffering in the Middle East where they are not, they're not, they have never been seen. They've never been acknowledged. And so they live in an entirely different reality around that. You know, it's, it is, it's. So that was my, uh, I have other pieces, but go ahead. <laughs> yeah. So oh, thank you for your, your oh, talent for you. acknowledgement. <laughs> right, right. I, I, thank I, you for seeing me. <laughs> it's important. It's important no, right. for people to hear you. It's important for people to hear us because there are, you know, uh, millions of people who are out there feeling the calling, feeling this place where they know that they just want to be themselves and they don't even know what that means. Mm -hmm. But they don't need to. My job, when I woke up today, I felt excited because I realized I have a day full of opportunities to be myself in a shared environment. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I realized that being myself uh, and saying yes and communicating and being live is the greatest you know, pleasure and gift that I experience myself that I also give others. And the new dream, the new road where success is felt 
is when we can just be ourselves. And we have the structures and environments that acknowledge us, like Edmund says, and provides us the opportunity to support ourselves. It's the opportunity for life to support us and being who we are is the ultimate dream. And quite frankly, I have been waiting or dreaming about a day like this today mm. where I'm here talking to you guys, broadcasting something live on the internet that could reach everyone. Uh, and later on tonight, I am hosting a 9-11 community gathering where we have people from Islam and Judaism and everything in the middle talking about what it takes to, be, to make the choice for peace. Now, my mother put me on an airplane when I was 15. I feel like for a day like today, mm. I, I grew up in Israel. So for her to say goodbye to me and put me on an airplane and know that good will come of it, I feel like was all for now, mm. for, for these days, where I'm finally speaking out. I'm finally acknowledging my soul's desire to express itself. Now, it's been 15 years or so that I have been literally daydreaming about a day like today. I was really frustrated for many years, thinking I don't know what I'm doing, I don't have enough courage. And I see now that it's all about timing. It really is. The timing is now. The timing is the rest of the world being ready for us. Now, we have had to do our own work. We have to prepare ourselves, reminding ourselves acknowledging, experiencing spirituality for the truth of who we are before we can go out there, come out here and share this because I've had to cultivate a lot of compassion for myself, a lot of self-love and presence to be able to show up today and not disappear in fears and insecurities. So to everyone listening to everyone feeling that fear, feeling that insecurity, know that your job is to keep the dream alive. Your job is to know that your vision, your desire, what you long for, what you yearn for, is real. And you don't need to know how it's going to unfold. And you better be okay with it taking as long as it takes. You better be okay in trusting life to use you the way life is intended to use you. It's not about uh, following a specific to-do list or a checklist or having a timeline. Or a destination. Or a destination. <clears throat> so back to spirituality. What is spirituality to you, Ariana? Spirituality to me is, we've been talking about this idea of I and we or us and them. And I think for me, it's, it's a, it is I and we simultaneously occurring and being able to tap into that mm. um, on a moment-to-moment basis. I had, this, I had such a wonderful time meeting you, Aurea, and since that day I have had so many realizations. It's only been three days, but it feels like a lifetime already. And I found myself being so much more present in my moments with people. And, you know, we talk about spreading the word to a wide audience, but those moments can occur in such small ways and in such brave ways on other people's parts. Um, I was grabbing coffee this morning and when I was checking out, I just, le- I leaned towards the cashier a little bit and he just immediately said, I really like your energy. And we did not know each other. And I had felt the same thing, but not been brave enough to say it myself, but he did. And it was that mutual recognition and reinforcement of something and being able to tap into it and on his part to not be afraid. And then on my part to, you know, reassure him that, yes, I feel it too. Um, To me, that's an example, a piece of, or kind of all of spirituality is that. I really did. I wrote down this morning, I woke up and I said, well, today's one of those days for my dream. So what do I want to do? So I went and I went to a garden a couple of blocks away from my house. And I 
meditated. I'm using air quotes because <laughs> for me, meditated is just sitting down for 10 minutes with myself and seeing what comes up. And I asked myself, I said, what is spirituality to me? And the, the, the first thing that came up is being present. Being present is spirituality because you cannot be present and not be spiritual. Spirituality, like you said, is being full, being whole. And that means experiencing life more than just my rational mind. Being in my body. Knowing that I have a mind, but I'm not in my mind. Knowing that I have a body, but I'm not only my body. Knowing that I have a spirit, but I'm more than just my spirit. And ultimately, feeling the, my heart. Feeling the love and compassion. And that does take presence. Being present. Being present to moment by moment, the unfolding of life. So, spirituality, a spiritual practice, we are saying and inviting people to recognize and cultivate presence as a spiritual practice. When we come back, I'd like to start off with a, an apology. And we'll go into that. The longing, the yearning, that's what the music does to me. listening and feeling into the longing and the yearning for the union, the yearning to understand ourselves, the yearning to be one again, to be one with life, to be one with nature. Thank God we're stepping out of the yearning now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. I'll continue to be a big fan of the yearning. For, I, I think... I think, I feel like that the yearning is an instant connection to, to spirituality, to divinity, to their connection. For me, a yearning is not something that you don't have. And I want to, let's talk about it. For me, the yearning is not something that you current. It's almost like life split itself into seven billion pieces, but there is the main two pieces, right? The opposite and complementary, the male and the female. And our entire lives, we long, we yearn to come back together. We yearn to experience oneness again. And yet, in our spirit, in the trueness of who we are, in the totality of spirit, which we are a part of, we are always complete. We are always whole. We are always both the male and the female and yet we are not and that's the greatest magic gift illusion trick whatever it is that we are doing here by experiencing our uniqueness and yet continuously coming back to wholeness and the yearning for me is the it's the path of the opposite of numbness because when you're numb and you're sleeping, when you, don't, when you really think that your mind is who you are, when you feel separated, uh, it's, it's the beginning and the cause of all the chaos and death and destruction that we have out there. So for me, the yearning is the tool. It's the thing to just sink into. Uh, just like a heartbreak is actually a wonderful experience because it's much better than being numb. Go ahead. Hey. Yeah, it's it's you know the only thing is with yearning is that it um, it's very tricky yearning itself. Let's say for instance let's let's take let's take an, an, another extreme of yearning and let's talk about consumerism, and that's like almost like an egoic version of yearning where n where there is nothing that can satisfy, nothing that can fulfill except this constant need to f of emptiness. 
Right. And so, yeah, so the year, so I'm <coughs> making a distinction between the yearning of the heart and the yearning of the mind. Right. 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 And the yearning of the heart is there's no it's funny i would say there's not, there's there's this it's not like a visceral pulling you know like a like a like a or a, even talk about it like a stopping of a breath cuz like if i'm yearning it's like uh, uh, i just want it you know and it's like i'm only in the state of yearning but wholeness is it's like letting go it's breathing it's wholeness is is in breath and out breath so my invitation is for people because the thing is this, people feel the yearning. People feel like there's something missing. And okay, they can, they can, yes, they can identify. They can identify. They, yes, I and get it's, that. It's the thing that you can see on people's faces and on people's behavior, especially when they're being truthful. Mm. Uh, you can see there is, a, there is a longing, a yearning for something else. And my invitation is to be present to the yearning and breathe with it. A deeper yearning. Yeah, a deeper yearning. To yeah. actually use the yearning as a sign that you're in the r- that you're alive mm-hmm. now you're right there is a egoic yearning but that's not what the music makes me think of and you know music and chanting and devotion then has this but surrender I think, but i think it's really actually i just in this moment i think it's important to make the distinction for people you know to know the difference between a deep longing and a knowing and because we are dealing in our egos on a day-to-day we, we just do we're dealing in our egos as well and so to know the difference like to know the difference ariana well what do you what, what do you make of this well, i was trying to think about that idea of yearning and we've we've separated between maybe mind yearning and heart yearning but it seems like there's something else to it that i was trying to figure out that um it seems like i actually want to talk about it from the perspective of satisfaction and us telling ourselves we're satisfied versus actually knowing that we're satisfied and i think one kind of yearning is based on maybe accomplishment and external reward and that's the kind of yearning and satisfaction that we can tell ourselves and it is so good to tell ourselves stories sometimes and that's how many i would argue all all of us get through life but then there's another version of yearning and satisfaction that has nothing to do with what we tell or say to ourselves, but everything to do with how we exist in the world. And so I think it's it's not just a matter of where the yearning comes from, but where the satis- the mode of the satisfaction. Is it through what we tell ourselves or is it through who we are? Or how we or precisely how we're experiencing any one thing. Mm-hmm. So yeah. the the most common yearning that I experience and I reflect and project and see in the world is the is the yearning to belong. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The you know it may it may look painful at times, but it's really the the yearning to be a, to know that we are part of something, to know that you are part of life, and there's nothing wrong with you. You're not defective, and you don't need to do anything special in order to be a part of any circle and that brings me to my apology. It does. Now, you could see it as comical, but I'm actually dead serious. Uh, we, you know, as a Jew, I've been a part of, we, you know, I feel like we like it, the Jews like it when we get, apolog- when we get apologies for the Holocaust. We do. Yeah. You know, we appreciate it when people acknowledge we really don't like it if people say that it's not real. But we, there, there's a sense of justification and justice when people say, when the Pope or whoever says, you know, apologizes and acknowledges the Holocaust. So I, I believe that it's time for the Jews to acknowledge the original cause, at least in our story, the biblical Jewish and Islamic story of Ishmael and Abraham. Uh, the Jews... You know, we are, we are lineage of Abraham. And Muslims are also, they come, we come from Abraham. And most people know it or don't know it, but Abraham and his son, and his first son was Ishmael. Abraham's first son was Ishmael, and at the age of 14, 
Ishmael was basically kicked out of the house, was basically left alone in the desert. Why? Same family drama that we have these days. Uh, Abraham couldn't have a kid with his wife, so his wife Sarah encouraged him to have a kid with the maid. And they had their first kid, and that was all fine and dandy. And then Sarah had a kid. And Sarah said, you know, at some point said to Abraham, get them out of here. She's, um, they're, they're, she's making fun. they're making fun of Isaac. They're, basically, in the Bible, it says, I don't want Ishmael to get the, any inheritance. I want Ishmael cut out of this loop. This was Abraham's first son. And that's the actual story. That's the real story of where we all come from, the Jews and the Muslims. We come from Abraham, and we, we, you know, meaning Abraham, really did kick the, the mother and the child out. And we all know it. We all know that the Arabs, so to speak, come from Ishmael, and the Jews are continued with Isaac. And I'd like to apologize I would. I'd like to apologize to Ishmael and to our brothers and sisters that come from Ishmael, because we are brothers and sisters, and say, we're sorry. I'm sorry. I really am. I'm sorry for, you know, just getting caught in drama, getting caught in BS, getting caught in inheritance and what it means, instead of just being together, making it work, talking about it. Having a gathering around, okay, we're having some issues with Ishmael and Isaac. How do we make it work? Instead, we kicked them out to the desert. And, I don't know, we never talk about it. So, I'd like to bring that conversation back for the sake of apologies and for the sake of fairness. And if we're going to go look for the root of war, for the root cause of why you know, Obama last night announced that we're going to go into further conflict. Well, if we're going to go back to spirituality and belief systems, that is the original story. The original story is we alienated our brother. We alienated our family. And now, thousands of years later, we're paying the price. So, I apologize. And I invite all of us to really look deep, deep, deep in our heart and realize that this war is really, really, really nothing but that feeling of unsatisfied, you know, the non, the, we are unsatisfied with our togetherness, the longing that's never fulfilled, the deep yearning to be together that just isn't happening, and we're stuck on ideas, we're stuck on belief systems, we're stuck on the stories that as one tribe told its people and the other tribe told its people and it's just this really mess of alienation so in order to have real peace and making the choice for peace let's take care of the alienated part within us let's look at our neighbors let's look at our brothers because Arabs and Jews are brothers they really are, they're brothers and sisters nothing else, all the way to the original story and acknowledge that even though we're taking military action and we're doing a whole bunch of stuff we know for a fact it's, that it's not going to work it doesn't work it really really doesn't work I'm 34 years old I grew up in Israel now I'm in America it's the same stories we're going to go arm the other guys and we're going to support the, it's, it's more war more death more chaos it may feel like we're going to solve something short-term, but deep, deep, deep inside... Nobody wins. Nobody wins. And we're looking for the win-win. We are the win-win. Life is win-win. Hmm. Life supports life. This is paradise over here. We can grow our own food. We can enjoy life. Everything exists for us. So, on this next little break, really feel into the places in your where you can recognize the alienation and make a commitment, make the choice to really start looking beyond the current conflict and embrace the human family, the human community. 
a vision of heart where we all belong, we acknowledge each other, where spirituality is being present. Spirituality is knowing your divine self, experiencing the divinity which you are, experiencing the totality of you, the collective nature of life. And that brings about the guidance and abundance and joy. Being present means that we feel everything, right? And when we get present, it takes a little bit of time sometimes to experience the bliss and the fun and joy of being. But at first, especially if we have been numb to what's really going on, we get to experience a lot of other feelings, such as anger, distrust, uh, giving up. So before we go to Ariana to talk about anger, uh, uh, Damien from New Haven, Connecticut, great community builder, is commenting about what is spirituality to him, and he's saying people weaving. And I'll just leave it at that. So what is spirituality to you? Come in. Facebook, Twitter. What is spirituality to you? Thank you, Damien. Ariana, being present, anger. Go. Be uh, angry. Be angry. <laughs> Be angry. <laughs> no, I don't want to call it up. Um, I just think anger is so interesting because it's so powerful and there's so much energy behind it and yet it's so destructive. And I had a few years of my life where I was very, very angry with my father and it, I didn't, I didn't know what to do with it. And it was so strong. And so I tried to, to numb it, but that wasn't good. And I really just wanted to put the question out there. How do you, I don't know if it's stopping anger. I don't think that's the answer or, or damping it. Or what I've tried is to separate the energy from the emotion because I think there's a ton of energy behind anger and see if I can at least use the energy for something else and keep the anger part, you know, just kind of examine it. Um, but I think that's a huge part of this conversation right now is that anger is a powerful force and is the effect of that dissatisfaction and disconnectedness that we were talking about. And, and what do we tell everyone that feels angry? They may be listening to this and saying, yeah, that sounds all good, but they you know, people are killing each other yeah. and we got to protect ourselves. People feel anger. And, and anger, anger is, um, interestingly enough, if mechanically, anger is a reaction to feelings, actually. It's a reaction and it's a fear reaction to feelings. And it's that those feelings <coughs> that a person has that they're not acknowledging creates a kind of presence and vulnerability and defenselessness. And so it's, it's a protection mechanism on one hand. It can be a protection mechanism. It's a fight or flight. On another, as you say, all the energy behind it, I find it to be, it's like, it, it's like a container of a certain kind of passion for life. Mm -hmm. It's like saying, anger is saying, I'm no longer going to say no to life. But in some ways, I don't quite know how yet. I don't quite know how to channel this. And... Um, and really, when you say all the energy behind it, it's really the energy that's contained in those hidden feelings. Mm. You know, the ones that we were either shamed for having or told that they weren't appropriate or not taught how to have. You know, like I wasn't, I wasn't taught how to have my own fear. It's, it's been like a, it's been a, an, an amazing journey to learn and experience my own fear and to realize that there's so many dimensions to fear. Fear will bring you present immediately, <laughs> immediately. But if you don't recognize it, it can make you present. It just, it, 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 it can make you very unpresent. So it, it takes some, it takes some, there's some skills involved in all of this. And, you know, maybe down the road we can talk about what those can be and giving people some things to work with. So fear, it's true, it does make us present. It gets, brings us to the moment. And yet if we don't have the practice, education, environment, society, parents, whatever, that helped us, that help us deal with 
being present because being present is an entire different reality mm-hmm. being present knowing how to navigate your emotions you know knowing that you are ultimately safe just by being who you are and to take right now an entire world that's angry at each other mm-hmm. and just looking to put the other to make the other one wrong and to push them aside how do we change that how do we deal with it how do we take what do we do right now in an angry world to cultivate peace what and that is ultimately what spirituality is for that's what spirituality practices should be about they are about getting present being able to navigate those feelings of help, helplessness being able to recognize the feelings of loneliness and alienated and not feel in danger at the same time and knowing that the more we turn love inward the more we cultivate compassion and love for ourselves the more it's possible for us to have space and see our brothers and sisters who are fighting and have disappeared into this cycle of anger and vicious go ahead no i'm just it's just like the inspirations are just like hammering me uh, as what to what you're saying and that is like how it's basically you're saying how do we hold space for those that are angry and what it really does is it takes those of us who have been working in us in, in enough space of love that their love has turned inward and we know how to hold space for those that don't know how to hold that inward love space for them so it's like it's in a sense we're we have to give love which is like think about it as a as a as a, a spiral i'm going to spiral this love in this direction toward you and it's going to it's going to spiral into you and it's going to teach you that you're loved or lovable and then that same spiral if i learn to turn it in i start to learn to to love myself but it it really starts it really starts i think from the outside in when you don't know how to love yourself you need people around you that are loving it's just, and that's why the world needs loving people. That's why the world needs us. It's just like we're here to hold the space for the rest of you. Or I, I mean, I even put it like that. We're here to hold the space for all of us, but especially those with anger and pain. And then it's not okay. We don't want it to be acted out. We don't want to create more destruction. And you know, we can set a, we can set a boundary around it. You know, but we can hold the space of love and that you're completely acceptable in your anger and in your feelings and in your in your ire. You know, we recognize it. We 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 acknowledge it. It's part of who you are. I. uh, I married a non Jewish woman and I remember that the first time I heard her listening to public radio, it was a show called Intifada Hour. And that triggered me as a Jew going, I asked her, do you even know what you're listening to? And at that time, I really still had this place where I felt we were being attacked by someone else. And after about an hour of, you know, kind of weird feelings, I asked her, I said, so what do you think? What do you think is the solution for this conflict? What do you think is the solution to the Israeli-Arab conflict? And she looked at me and she said, well, it's obvious. Someone needs to be the bigger brother. Someone at some point needs to say, I love you. Mm. I love you more than my fear. I love you more than my need to you know, protect myself for a couple of days here, a couple of days there. I love you so much that I couldn't fathom, I couldn't imagine hurting you. And that does take, like Edmund says, practices of self-love, practices of knowing yourself because there is nothing else to do now those of you who do feel the longing and the yearning make that a sign that you are a lover you just want to love and be loved and acknowledge and acknowledge and that means there is a job out here there's a job here for you for all of your lovers it really is there is a full time job loving people giving people space, giving yourself space. So come out of hiding. We need you. We really, really, really do. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for your love. I love you. Mm. 
see you next week. Thank you, Ariana and Edmund. Yes.